Okay, hi. Um, today is the 14th of Tavis. Um, just kidding. <laughs> That's not honest. It's actually the 15th of Tavis because it is 12.54 a.m. Um, on Mosi Shabbos. But Baruch Hashem, Hineni, we're going to flow with this. This is the Tanya of Shabbos. But this is Hashem, um, starting in the future, I'm going to start recording them on Friday. Um, yeah, <laughs> God willing. Anyways, today's Tanya is pretty cool. Um, we are starting officially the conversation about a Bainani. You know, the, there's kind of been this big buildup until now where we're talking about the two parts of ourselves. Like literally these two consciousnesses, I never can say that word, that we have inside of ourselves. And then we talked about somebody who lives from one conscious, which is the godly soul conscious, which would be the tzaddik, um, who literally is a state of perpetual non-triggerness he's in a perpetual state of calm and content nervous system you know where everything is kind of just in he's in complete control his godly soul just runs the show and he's like I'm, i've got this god is good everything's god and it's all gonna be okay <laughs> that's the that's the tzaddik the russia lives in a state of animal soul which is complete consciousness of separateness basically saying i'm alone in this life to fend for myself everything outside of me is a threat to me everything around me is a threat to my existence and so i need to constantly react from this triggered point um, literally in order to survive which leads to impulse for pleasure lust um anger sadness depression fear all the all the fun stuff you know you know how it is so today the altar was like well guess what there's actually this person that you know that's a tzaddik that's a russia there's those are two states of consciousnesses which we could technically reach at different points in our lives tzaddik kind of difficult to reach um russia meaning very difficult like we're going to see later like possibly possibly kind of impossible to reach the Russia, on the other hand, is something that we don't ever want to be. So then the question becomes, like, where are we supposed to be? You know, because that sodic state of, like, completely regulated nervous system at all moments of every single day, <laughs> it's a bit unrealistic. And the Russia, the altar was literally saying, don't be that person. So it's like, who are, who am I supposed to be? And today, the altar of it brings in the concept of a Benoni, which is a person who lives with both forces he lives with the he lives with in ifs language you would say that he sometimes hears parts and he sometimes hears the voice of self in in tanya language you would say he sometimes hears his animal soul and he sometimes hears his godly soul he lives with both consciousnesses wow i need to think of a different word <laughs> but he lives with both consciousnesses i guess it must be a word consciousnesses what's plural consciousness is with both consciousnesses, conscious, consciences, consciences, <laughs> I don't know, anyways, he lives with both, and he lives in that space between them, what does that mean, that he lives with both, a Benini, a Russia, somebody who, he may also have the voice of the godly soul, and that's what we were talking about, the Russia Vitovlo, that hears both, but the difference between a Russia Vitovlo and a Benini is that the Benini is, he hears both, he has both impulses but his reactions to his internal world is in line with his godly soul instead of with his animal soul and that's what we're trying to get to we're not 
Dalterb is literally saying, and I'm going to say this for the next, this parak is split into three parts, and I'm going to say this a hundred times throughout the next three days. Dalterb is essentially saying, I am letting you guys know that the goal is not to become somebody who wins the war. You know, the goal is not to become somebody who reaches this point of like, ah, now I can relax and enjoy the rest of my life in full peace without ever being triggered ever again and without ever having an emotional reaction that does not, you know, suit my ultimate state of being and I'm just never going to have any fear anymore or sadness anymore or non or anxiety anymore. I'm just going to be totally at peace and in love with God and Mashiach's going to be here. Like, Dalter was like, there is value to that. We just talked about this whole concept of the tzaddik and like, it's pretty cool. But now what Dalter was saying is like, but there is also value and not only value, there's actually the purpose of your life, <laughs> which we're going to see. Dalter is literally going to tell us that, but is to be in the space where you do have the triggers and you do have the emotional stuff. And yet you get to a point where you say, even with having this, I still choose my reaction. I still live with choice, with literally Bechira, literally Bechira, um, of, of how I'm going to react to my internal world, you know? But Alter was just so clear. Stop feeling bad about yourself that you have internal struggle. Stop feeling bad at yourself that you're not, you know, Hashem doesn't want us to come to a point. Hashem isn't saying, I'm creating you to be fully at peace, <laughs> you know? A lot of times we judge ourselves so much, not only for the way that we act, but for the way that we feel inside. Why do I still feel so anxious? Why do I still feel so tired? Why do I still feel so lazy? Ugh, I, I'm working so hard on myself, and yet I still feel so sad sometimes. And like we have all these voices of resentment towards our internal worlds, and the altar is just saying, like, guys, wake up, wake up. <laughs> you don't have to be a tzaddik. You're in this world to be a bainani, and a bainani is somebody who has this complex inner life and yet gains mastery over over his choices. Um, so, 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 let's read it inside. <laughs> it's very exciting. Okay. Shahabainani and the Bainani, who shela olam ain har... Okay, so just a little, um, what are we going to talk about so that you can pay attention <laughs> if anybody's listening to this? Um... We are going to talk about first the way that the Bainani acts, and then we are going to talk about. Um, dun dun dun, I forget what's the middle step. First, we're going to talk about the way that the Bainani acts, then we are going to get into actually what's actually happening in the Bainani's inner world. And then the Altarbet, and this chapter is in three parts, so there's going to be a lot going on. But then what Altarbet is going to start to discuss is what the Bainani how the Bainani gets to that point, if he acts a certain way, but his internal world is a certain way, is a different way, then what what does the Bainani do to gain that sense of choice? <laughs> you know, like, it's easy to say, like, oh, so the Bainani has his internal world, but then always reacts a certain, always reacts according to himself. He feels all his parts, he hears all his parts, he doesn't not acknowledge his parts, <laughs> but then always reacts himself, but like, how the heck does he do that? So we're going to get into it. Okay, the Bainani is somebody that the evil in his soul, hara, I just translated it as evil again, I'm sorry, it's conditioning. 
the raw, the fragmentation, the part of him that is the consciousness. Isn't it crazy how long it's taking me to like undo this? It's fascinating. I guess it is evil. You know, if you're going to say evil is, is the thing we don't want. And so essentially the consciousness of, separ- of separateness is the thing we don't want. So it kind of is evil, you know? And even if you think about every like, even in like all the movies when they show like the bad guys, they always just end up revealing that the bad guys are always just in pain. They were the ones that were bullied as kids or they were the ones that, you know, all the other kids got chosen to be superheroes and then he got didn't get chosen and so he became this evil guy. You know what I mean? You always see that. It, it's literally like again and again, that's what you see in the world. The people who look evil are the people who are actually in pain and that's literally what we're saying right now about Ra. Ra, the root word is fragmentation. It means I think that I am alone. I think I'm separate from the love that creation is. And so the translation, if we look at it and we say, oh, evil, but it's not evil. It's, it's pain. It's brokenness. It's the feeling of separateness from Hashem. So, it's somebody that doesn't let that part of them that is separate, that is separateness, that is pain, that is trigger, that is parts, Literally, parts, if you're following along with this IFS stuff, you can literally say that the Ra is the parts. Parts are the pieces of us that have been fragmented from us. Oh my God, this is making so much sense right now. Oh Oh my gosh. I'm actually going to pause this and write down this thought one second. (laughs) Okay, I am back. (laughs) That was cool and exciting. Anyways, okay. Um, abandoning is somebody who this part, the, the parts of them, the triggers of them, never, or the raw of them, never, it never gets enough power to actually conquer his inner city, to enclose itself in the body, to make it sin, to make it sin, meaning to react in a way that is not aligned with self, but will end up being aligned with the part, with the trigger. The three machshava diber emaisa that are from the side of klipa, meaning any reaction that you would have from your body, from your mind, or in your thought, that is from klipa, that would be a reaction to the external element of reality, to the way things look instead of the way things actually are. Um... It never happens. It never conquers the godly soul that is enclosed in my body. The impulse is there, may be there, but my body never reacts in a way that is in line with the impulse. It always reacts in the way that is in line with my godly soul. Only the three the three of my godly soul are the only things that are manif- that manifest through my body. Naturally, these end up being the mitzvahs and the Torah. Big conversation, but this is already very long. Um, And he has not done a sin in all of his days, and he's not going to in the future. Um, And he's not called a Russia even for one second of his day or his life. So just quick note about that like the author was saying that this person that's abandoned he never did anything wrong and 
that does, that's just it seemingly not true because somebody who is a Bannerny very likely did something wrong. Even Bannerny, like we're going to learn later, is a Bannerny moment. Like in this moment, if I'm aligned with myself and if my reactions, not necessarily internally, but if my thought, speech, and action are aligned with myself instead of my parts, meaning my godly soul instead of my animal soul, meaning my wholeness and integratedness instead of my reactivity and fear, <laughs> you know, that I'm abandoning. So what does it mean that I've never done an Avera? And it's because in that state of wholeness, in that state of of Bainani, it's all consuming. You are fully you become that person in that moment. It actually becomes kind of like your identity. And what I find powerful about that is you be, you get into that state of being even if your internal world is still complex. So again, what the altar was saying is like stop putting value stop thinking that the only value of self-growth is when things stop being complicated you know it's just not true okay you can tell that it's 1am i feel like i'm repeating myself so many times <laughs> okay um the s the 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 all right so okay so now so far we've been talking about the meaning that my garments of self-expression, the way that I express myself, is always on my God's soul. But what about my internal world? Well, but the essence and innerness of my nefesh the, my godly soul and it, my godly soul's ten faculties, which are the way that it expresses itself within me, it doesn't have complete rule over my inner city. Only at specific times. There's only sometimes that my godly soul is the only one to talk. Usually, I have a lot of forces inside of me. But once in a while, my godly soul is the one that really has the loudest voice, that really is control of my city, of my inner city. When does that happen? When can I get to a point of really feeling self inside of me, of feeling alignment with my with my wholeness truth, with my voice of connectedness. This can happen during the time of Kriyas Shema and Tefillah. Why? Because this is the time of Machen de Godless is literally expanded consciousness. It's when your mind is curious. Machen de Godless is literally a state of open wonder, of curiosity, of I'm I'm want I want to know what's actually happening here and I'm open to seeing it. Like like literally right now my eyes are wide thinking about what Mahan Nagalos is. It's a very powerful oh excuse me. It's a very powerful state of being. So this Mahan Nagalos is happening above and when you're saying Shema and also it, the reaction down here. When you're saying Shemash, as Mekasher Chachma Bina Das Shalai Lahashem, Lahamek Gatabek Dulas in Saifarahu, your mind in your Chachma Bina and Das can contemplate on the greatness of Hashem and you're meditating deeply on this infinite infinity that Hashem is. Ula Ayer as Ava Krishbe Eish Bachala Haiminish Belibai, the Davka Belibai, like we said about the godly soul, the way the godly soul works is mind leads to heart. So in this time of davening, you the the goal what what we have the potential of of experiencing during davening is the state of open wonder 
of Mechen the godless towards God, of like, oh my God, ha ha, that's funny, literally, oh my God. And then what does that lead to? It leads to your heart. Like we've been talking about the godly soul, mind leads to the heart. Not only any heart, but it actually, the Chalal Hayamini, by that my animal soul's heart, so that my actual emotions, in my, not only my right side, which my left side, um, actually start to feel this too. What is the natural progression of feeling this overwhelming knowing of God and then love of God? That naturally I'm going to want to do a mitzvah. And like literally the progression of that is imagine like in a physical couple relationship. Wow, I know you so deeply right now. I'm so in awe of you. Wow, I love you. Oh my God, I want to be physical with you. <laughs> like I want to be one with you. I want to be one with you in every possible way. And that's literally what happens with God. It's like in that state of davening, it's like I'm so in awe of you. Not only in awe of like how cool you are, but like I'm in, I'm in open wonder of you. Like you are just incredible, <laughs> you know? And then it's like, wow, I, I really love you. And then it's like, I want you. I want you in every way, which is which is mitzvahs. That's that oneness with God. This actually happens through the brachas for Shema. Why? The, the blessings that we say before Kriyashma actually allows us to fulfill what we're meant to experience during Kriyashma, which is this amazing love of God and and deep knowing of God because and then the awareness that God is one because the blessings before bring us to that state through being like wow all this awareness of who God is so the mind again leading to the heart and then the heart leading to the actions in Shema we literally say we're going to go do these physical mitzvahs because that progression is the natural progression of the godly soul I'm wondering I'm feeling that I'm doing and then in those moments, the the raw, the fragmentation, the separateness that's in the left side, it's completely subjugated and transparent to the good that is overflowing from the right side of his heart. Where did that love come from? From the that is now connected to this greatness of God. Wow, right? Awesome, amazing experience. Aval, but after tefila, after davening, <laughs> when you stop thinking in this way of when your mind contracts back to its original state and suddenly you're looking at the world and you don't see the open wonder of what it possibly is beneath its surface, but you literally are just looking at it and you see what it is. The fragmentation is reawakened in this left, it returns and is reawakened in the left side of its heart. And suddenly you have all the desires for the world back. What does that mean, the desires for this world? The parts have reawakened. <laughs> and suddenly you have a voice telling you that you want to be sad and that or not that you want to be sad, but that you should be sad. <laughs> and that you have a voice telling you that you need to be anxious about this thing coming up because otherwise it's not going to work out. And you have a voice telling you that stress is the only answer. And you have a voice telling you that 
nothing's going to work out right. And you're always telling you that, you know, all these things, all these things that are reactions to the way things look instead of the way things, instead of the curiosity about what actually things are. The reactions to um, separate from the love and light and God that all of life is instead of reactions to I am literally one with God and God is good and everything is actually kind of freaking awesome. <laughs> so yeah, there are moments where the godly soul is in control. There are also moments much more often where we have both these voices and often when we have both these voices, it's actually the, the left side is actually even more powerful and the parts are just loud and so much so that the parts actually feel like us. I am anxious. I am sad. I am nervous. I think that nothing is going to work out. And in those moments, what's happening is that we're being blended with the part. But that was under today's Tanya. The author is talking about this because the author is saying you're not meant to be somebody else, somebody other than you are. You're meant to be who you are. You're meant to be living in this state of multiplicity, of feeling many different things inside of you. The goal isn't to stamp out anything about yourself the goal is to get to a point where we're the conscious choosers of our lives so l'chaim to compassion <laughs> and to the ma'chen de godless to the open wonder if the people that we are is actually the people that hashem is creating us to be <laughs> literally for a reason and not for a reason just so that we fix ourselves and like get rid of all the parts of us that don't seem in line with God but maybe there's like a bigger picture here and maybe that maybe we're not like just some big mistake for feeling a lot of feelings <laughs> you know maybe there's actually something going on here so Chaim uh, yeah all right if you listen to this that means that you listen to this the next day which means that you are very committed to Tanya so I hope that you're proud of yourself <laughs>